Hi, everyone. Thank you so much. This is the Pop Health Show, and this show is for anyone that is passionate about health and interested about making more than one person healthier in this world. And so I'm really excited to have today Thomas Kuklinski on the show. Thomas works on technical integrations at Memorial Hermann Health System, and he has a very interesting background, different perspective from a technical process standpoint. Honestly, Thomas is just a great guy. I'm really enthused to have him on the show. Thomas, welcome to the show. Anthony, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Great, great. Well, Thomas, um, love to you know hear about your background, your origin story. Maybe you can take us back. Tell us, you know, you know, who are you? Where did you start off? And you know, uh, what what led you to where you're at right now? Sure. Thank you. Um, you know, I, I think. Well, my name is Thomas Kuklitsky. Uh, I, I work for Memorial Hermann Health System. We're a large uh, 16 hospital, 26,000 uh, person system in Southeast Texas. I think we're a fantastic organization. Um, and I've been working in healthcare now for about seven years but formally. But I think before that, just kind of growing up, uh, healthcare was something that was always at the as part of a conversation in my family. Um, and so I suppose in many ways, maybe it's inevitable that I ended up here in, in this space. But growing up, I think we were kind of a typical American family in that healthcare was a huge burden for my family. I remember my dad always talking about the, he spent, you know, so much money on healthcare. And, and it turns out that our, our family's insurance was about 15% of our of his pre-tax income just went to a deductible for horrible health insurance uh, that tried to drop us. I, as a kid, was kind of sick, and they said I had a pre-existing condition and then wouldn't insure me, and um, and so just access to care was always kind of a, a problem. So uh, I started working in healthcare through the, as you mentioned, the the IT side, working for Cerner, which is a large EHR system, and went up through the ranks there, but really my focus has always been, how can we make healthcare better for people? How can we make it more accessible, cheaper, and, and higher quality? Because it's a huge cost for our country, and it's something that I think is truly integral for a, a good healthcare system and, and accessibility and, and quality care is a, integral for, for a healthy economy and, and a happy group of people. So um, that's kind of how I got started in healthcare um, from Cerner, you know, I came down to Memorial Hermann and we've spent the past three and a half years working to improve the quality of care for the patients in Southeast Texas. Nice, nice. Well, Thomas, no, thanks so much for that. And yeah, it's pretty interesting. So, you know, obviously your, your background has this, this intersection between, you know, technical process. And then you have a lot of passion just from your, you know, personal experiences, like you were just mentioning. And, you know, obviously some would say that, you know, you're impacting processes that could uh, impact many patients and has impact many patients, potentially, you know, just as much as many doctors, right? But maybe you can tell us a little bit on what has you passionate about health today? What's, what's exciting on in the market that you see? What, what are maybe even some things, um, that you're seeing that just have you really excited and enthused right now in health? Yeah, well, I think uh, as a lot of folks who have been on your your podcast have have kind of touched on, I, th I think this is an amazing time to be involved in, in healthcare in the United States. I really feel like we're at the forefront of a humongous change. I mean, just a paradigm shift in how we deliver care to our patients. 
Um, historically, you know, we've done sick care in hospitals, in clinics. And as technology has grown exponentially, it's really creating opportunities to treat people where they are and not just within the four walls of that hospital or clinic. Uh, so I think that the potential for patient care and access to care, to quality care, and at a more convenient timing and lower prices is, is incredibly exciting. Um, the growth and the, the maturation of, of virtual care and virtual visits are one of the things that I think has me most excited. Um, a few months ago, I was traveling actually out to uh, that, that conference in San Francisco, and I was at a, a lounge in the airport, and I was just struck by one of the women who said who, she was late for work there, and she said, sorry, I, I'm late. I had to go to the doctor's office. And she, they said, you know, you've missed half your shift. What happened? She said, I had to refill my medication for my high blood pressure. And I'm sorry, I'm eavesdropping. Was eavesdropping, but it was, it was fascinating to think that, you know, a what was probably a relatively low-wage worker had to miss half a day of work to go get medication, a refill on medication for a, a chronic condition just because their provider didn't have access or didn't have the infrastructure to, to enable them to do something as simple as say, hey, my high blood pressure medication is out. Um, can I get a refill over, over you know, what is effectively a Skype call? And that that's a problem. I mean, people shouldn't have to miss work just to get basic medication for their diabetes, hypertension, whatever. Um, there's so much that they can, they should be able to do, and we should be able to make consuming medical services for non-critical things as convenient as our other shopping experiences are. And I think that's really going to happen a lot mm -hmm. in the next couple of years. And, and that's incredibly exciting to see. And then also just the use of technology in the popula population health space. So using data analytics, using multi-channel communications to engage in patients. So reminders through Fitbit apps or through their smartphone to take medication as opposed to just you know, relying on your mind. We live in a very busy day and age when people forget to take out the trash, let alone staring at a pill bottle to say, you know, gosh, have I <laughs> taken my medication two times today or three? And is it Tuesday or Wednesday? Um, and so just having that ability to have digital solutions for what are really simple problems that shouldn't be problems. I mean, remembering to take your medication, it sounds basic, but if you're on a, a tight regimen for something and you forget a dose or you're off with your birth control by a few hours, that's a big problem. Um, and so the fact that we're at a time when technology can ease those burdens and really facilitate those conversations, those reminders, and then access to that care is is incredibly exciting. And I think that the the future of healthcare really is intertwined inextricably with the growth of technology and digital growth. And people in 10 or 15 years, I really think, will be doing most of their medical transactions from the comfort of their homes or their cars or their offices for and ambulatory visits will be a very different experience than when you and I were growing up, let alone our parents. Right. Right. 
No, it's, it is super exciting. You can feel it. And, you know, there's, there's a few things that I'm sure you, you, you're seeing the same things, right? There's some new, you know, pharmacy companies or pharmacy delivery companies that are getting, um, some good funding, right. To, to deliver on demand. Right. And, and, you know, you're in Houston, I'm in San Francisco and, um, you can call, you know, you can get your food on demand. You can get your groceries on demand. It hasn't been so easy to get your prescription filled, uh, on demand and delivered, um, telemedicine companies, there's there it's, it's kind of hit and miss depending on the hospital systems, um, that you're with. And it feels like a lot of these elements are, are right in front of us. Do you have any other deeper examples maybe on, you know, maybe on the, the pharmacy delivery or telemedicine or any examples that you've, you've been seeing or any, anything you've been seeing out in the market that, 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 you know, makes it feel like it's re- we're really, you know, within the next 12 or 24 months, you know, if you have, you know, access to healthcare, you can get access to some of these services, or maybe you could, you'd like to elaborate. Sure. A little no, bit I more. think, um, I, I think the possibilities are soon will be almost endless. Uh, anecdotally, a, a friend of mine was traveling and got really sick, had, uh, what she thought was strep was in a hotel in another city. And because of her access to virtual medicine, she was able to do a visit with a provider from an urgent care facility at like three o'clock in the morning from her hotel bed, zoom in on her throat. They could see the, they could see her throat. They, she had a thermometer. So she took the temperature and uh, got it in real time, was able to get a prescription and have the medication delivered to the hotel. Um, it, it was a, a kind of an unbelievable experience to hear because that, that continuum of care that from I don't feel well too. I'm now taking medication to happen in a matter of hours in another city with a provider. And that just would not have been even imaginable a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I right. think specifically there are amazing things. I mean, hymns this year, I really wish I would have been able to go. There were some really exciting announcements out with um, companies with doing work with AI. I mean, Cerner, Google, Amazon and Microsoft have all had huge mm-hmm. announcements. And I think that the the next few years, we're going to see a, a, another also maturation with the use of artificial intelligence in the healthcare space. I mean, the, the big talk is radiology. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's, that's sort right. of low hanging fruit. But from a population health management space, I really think that as EHRs shift to become not just electronic health records that are focused on providers, but become comprehensive health records that focus on patients and data mm-hmm. and social determinants of health and all of the factors that go into someone's overall well-being, not just their vitals and their, you know, their their A1Cs. Mm-hmm. And that that is aggregated in a system um, that it doesn't mm-hmm. quite exist, but I think I don't think we're terribly far off with our existing EHRs. It's just really adding more data points and data elements. I think that will create these comprehensive records that will allow amazing data mining for predictive analytics to help identify high-risk patients or patients who who might otherwise seem incredibly healthy, but you know, given some curious aspect of their you know their genomic uh, mapping or something in their 23andMe, you know, see that they're, oh, you actually have a familiar risk for Huntington's disease or uh, heart attacks, or, you know, maybe you'll be, you'll develop a a dementia. And just having that be available to people 
and available to complex algorithms mm -hmm. that are going to help make people aware of the potential risks of their uh, further health, I think are incredibly exciting. And that's going to be, I think, the, the coolest thing with right. artificial intelligence in healthcare. I mean, yeah, let's start with radiology reads. Sorry, radiologists out there who <laughs> don't don't want to be undercut you're just becoming way more efficient right not and being able to specialize not not being right a job. <laughs> right yeah no it, it is pretty funny um you know it's yeah it is interesting i mean it, it it represents a field that definitely um you know that yeah the image analysis you're start you're reading the same articles i am right but i, I have a lot of friends that you know, are in radiology or in that industry, but it also gives an opportunity to potentially, you know, shift a, a repositioning. But um, it, it, it is exciting with AI. You know, you've been probably seeing the HIMSS announcements just like myself. And and I think it was just like eight or nine hours ago, right, that Cerner announced the longitudinal health record right. or their, their focus on it. Um, so that's exciting to see. And then as it, you know, that matures and it becomes more comprehensive and can follow, you know, the patient around, uh, the AI tipping point is pretty interesting. And, and, uh, and then you obviously you hit, I think it feels like the theme of hymns this year, which is always kind of a theme of the, the societal shifts in health is, is mm -hmm. the social factors, right? Those social determinants of health that, and, and that's super exciting. Um, Thomas, you mentioned a little, a lot about access to care, where you're at telemedicine, um, you know, on-demand delivery, um, you know, obviously, as you know, like a big factor of social determinants of health sometimes is like, uh, you right. know, fi uh, finance, right. Or, or that the financing aspect or the healthcare side of, of having health insurance and those that have it and those that don't any thoughts, philosophies, or, you know, what you're seeing, anything that has you optimistic about, you know, health insurance, you know, there's, a, there's a lot, it's, it's, uh, you know, complicated, but anything to share on the healthcare finance side um, that, that you, know, you, you I, find I some promise to? That um, health insurance is, uh, man, that's a complicated field. I know there are thoughts of Medicare for all and um, right. a, a lot of different things. And I'm, I think that the, the best way to improve access to care isn't through giving everybody health insurance, I think it's through a true population health management approach of helping people be healthier and using technology to empower them through data, through incentivized programs and through community engagement to be well and to not need to go in for care. I mean, the fact is today Americans are, it's it's expensive to insure Americans today and there, there are a lot of reasons, but there's an undeniable fact that more Americans are obese, hypertensive, diabetic, and have chronic conditions that at any point in the past. And, and if you're, if you have a chronic condition, you're more expensive mm -hmm. to treat your length of stay in the healthcare system is longer. And if we can help people get healthier, or at least not get more sick through technology, I think that other problems around cost and insurance would be less important. And, and those kinds of plans wouldn't be as critical. And, and I think mm -hmm. that's where my passion and optimism is and, and truly promoting interoperability for access mm -hmm. to care. Um, when I worked at right. Turner, you know, Neil Patterson always used to say that the high tech act was the, 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 what was it? The tide that lifted all ships. And there was a provision in there that, that forced the promotion of interoperability that I think a lot of people have overlooked for a long time because they just saw financial incentives and free money. Like, Hey, let's subsidize our EHR. But now that EHRs, by law have to have mm -hmm. this level of interoperability 
I think that's an amazing thing for people to get access to their information and to share it, to, to upload it in algorithms to and for technology firms to get involved in wellness and creating programs that help people be healthier, you know, incentivization, create kind of gamify health and wellness. Mm -hmm. I love my Fitbit. Uh, I, I love you know, making sure I do my 10, right. 10, 10 stair, uh, 10 flights of stairs a week or a day. And, uh, you know, I love getting over 10,000 steps and doing those miles and seeing how much time I'm putting in. And so I think helping people with access mm -hmm. to their data and then allowing them to connect that with excellent technology providers will really get them to be healthier. And that level of interoperability will help everybody overall to, to honestly, hopefully need to be in the hospital less uh, and just be happier and healthier. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, amen. That's I, I'm, I'm right there with you. And uh, yeah, no, it's, it's pretty interesting. Um, you know, the way things are shifting in the access, you know, it feels like we're on the verge of actually people being more aware to be healthier. And obviously I, I think the biggest, we, we know the biggest problem in health also Absolutely. is ourselves, right? Human nature and, and sometimes not wanting to get healthy, right? It's kind of counterintuitive, but, um, and, and there is these elements in front of us to, to, to trigger the right intrinsic and extrinsic motivators to, for us to, to do things either for ourselves or for our family. And so it's, it's pretty exciting. And I, I think you've alluded to it, but you know, as we, as you know, as we do on these episodes, it's, um, we do the story format, you know, before, during, after tell us Thomas a little bit about what you see in the future, what has you optimistic of the future, or maybe said another way, um, something you believe in health that hasn't necessarily wow. been proven um, yet. Well, Honestly, I'm optimistic about the future of healthcare. I think that there are so many amazing things happening now that the outlook looks good. I, I mean, there are trends that show people are, there are more people now who are diabetic than, a type two diabetic than ever before. And there's a huge cost to that. But I think there's also an awareness that is coming up that's gonna help start bending that curve back down, getting it to, to, to more manageable levels. So mm -hmm. I'm incredibly optimistic about Tech, the convergence of technology in the healthcare space and the the creativity of people to design solutions for this very complex problem. Um, I, I really believe in uh, e extreme ownership and accountability. And I think that as people realize that they're the ones who are the, the primary driver of their personal health, I mean, yes, your, your family genetics are important. But at the mm -hmm. end of the day, you deciding to eat broccoli and not eat uh, you know, a package of Oreos is your decision. And that has a ripple effects for everything in your life. Your decision to wake up in the morning at 530 to go for a run and have exercise be the first thing that you do in the day is going to set you on a trajectory of success. And the more that you can build on that, the happier, the healthier mm -hmm. you're going to be and the longer you're going to live. And I think that that conver the convergence of technology and population health programs are going to help people have this huge awakening about the power that they have as individuals to extend their lives, to improve the quality of their life, and to to do the things that they want to do and, and not say, ah, oh, gosh, I hope I can be around for my grandkids. It's to say, no, I'm you know 48 years old. I want to live to 92. Statistically speaking, these are my highest risk uh, conditions. These are the big hurdles for when I might have 
a heart attack or whatever, or, or these other major life events. So knowing that information through technology, through data, through analytics, and having these goals and saying, I, I desire more for my life and for my health, to take steps throughout their life and throughout that 15, 20, mm -hmm. 30 year gap to ensure that they hit those longevity goals that they are around for their kids, that they do see their daughter walk down the aisle is I, I just believe that that's the future we're marching towards. And I'm extremely optimistic that that's what we're going to see in our lifetime. Mm -hmm. Wow. Wow. No, that's powerful. I, I don't think we've ever heard it. I've never heard it, you know, you know, frame frame like that. Um, it, 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 yeah, you know, all of these points, these processes, it does seem like, you know, we can in, truly enable, um, you know, an awareness, right? And and have that be very specific point in time, but really lead to a, a change in life. And, you know, it'd be great also for, you know, the new architectures of health. Um, and I'm just thinking out loud here with you here, geeking out a little bit, Absolutely. but to be able to, to capture that in systems, you know, like this is a point in time, you know, that's something you don't see in systems, right? This person changed her life at this time, right? They, it all came, right. this was the point in time that it happened. Right. And it was behavior driven. And that's where the ownership came in, you know, maybe it's a, <laughs> it's a record in Cerner or an Epic or something today, but it'd be great if it was like gamified and like that person was like, this was the, the time that their life changed. And, uh, it's powerful. It's, it's powerful. So I appreciate the perspective, Thomas. It's very, you know, motivating and, um, invigorating oh, to have absolutely. you frame it, frame it in, well, in and this way, Thomas. I hope that's, but, uh, I hope that's what the listeners yeah. take away is, is um, understanding yeah. that even today and now, while we're not there yet with the technology. They can have tremendous control over their lives, over their well-being by making those right choices and being intentional. And it's better to start mm -hmm. now. We're going to have better incentives, better programs, mm -hmm. better technology. But start now and be ready for once everything's there. Don't don't start mm -hmm. once you know you have a, a broccoli app or track my broccoli. <laughs> start start now. <laughs> Right. Nice. Nice. Well, Thomas, this is powerful. This is great. And um, it's great to have you on the show. And thanks for sharing your background, your experiences, really interesting perspective from not just from a, a, a tech and, uh, you know, a tech and process standpoint, but just ma mainly from a behavioral and uh, awareness standpoint, you, you've given us a really powerful perspective. So we appreciate you being on the show. Um, Thomas, if our listeners um, want to get a hold of you, know, what's I, a good way I, that's to a fair question. engage I, with I, you? I would say, look me up at Thomas Kuklenski on LinkedIn, K-U-K-L-E-N-S-K-I. It's a, it's a mouthful, I know. Uh, I don't really use social media. Uh, I guess that's a byproduct <laughs> of my time in tech. I try to avoid it as, as much screen time as I can, but um, I love to make myself available. I'm also a mentor mm -hmm. through the Monos Accelerator. So if anybody wants to get uh, plugged in with them, I, uh, I mentor companies through that and would be happy to help uh, for uh, tech startups out there. So. Great, great. Well, well, Thomas, thanks so much for being on the show. We'll we'll put that information in the show notes. And uh, to all our listeners out there, thanks so much for listening. And uh, this is the Pop Health Show. This is for anyone with a passion for making anyone healthier in this world. Thanks so much, everyone.